0: You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckley, your superpower expert, and I'm excited to have with us today a delightful man. Michael Levitt is all about boundaries. What I love is that, you know, in the superpower world, like the, the opening of his bio is like, Michael Levitt brings people back to life. Well, as you know, in our world, that could be many, many, many things. But what I love about it is kind of that energetic kind of component of enlivening people in what they're passionate about and doing what they're going to do. Because it, those of us who get into the entrepreneur sector, we, we do it because we have an idea or a drive or, or, or some vision of how we can have an impact on other people or on the world. And, and it really sucks when you get kind of knee deep in stuff and you don't know how to move ahead and you're not sure who to turn to. And it feels like you can't get enough done in the day. And, and you, you look back wistfully on the job that you had and was like, wait, why did I leave that? So I really love this dialogue because, you know, entrepreneurship will grow you in so many different ways. And one of the ways that it's really crucial to embrace is this concept of boundaries and really learning you know, where, where, where you start, where you finish, how, how you structure your day, how it fits into your life. If you're a parent, a spouse, you know, whatever your other obligations are or the things that you've shaped in your life and created for yourself, you know, how do you manage all of it? And so this is a really important conversation for those of us who get into business for ourselves. So we're going to talk about being an entrepreneur with boundaries. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Michael Levitt. Welcome, Michael.
0: Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here and look forward to our conversation today.
1: Awesome. I I do as well. We we met you over at New Media Summit, and it was just delightful to connect with you there. So I'm excited to extend that conversation to our audience.
0: Likewise. It was a great event.
1: Very cool. So we're going to jump in and ask, what are your superpowers?
0: My superpowers definitely are boundaries. Now, like some superheroes, uh, I wasn't born with them. Um, And it nearly cost me my life back in 2009, where I had a pretty significant heart attack. And quite frankly, my cardiologist was surprised that I survived it. And unfortunately, that set off a domino effect of uh, some significant losses. Uh, Specifically, in 369 days, I had a heart attack and then subsequently lost my job. Family vehicle was repossessed. And then finally, my home was foreclosed, all in just about a year. After going through all of those things, I realized that I was responsible for everything. Now, yes, there were other factors involved in people and circumstances, but at the end of the day, it was on me. Because I didn't have boundaries in my life to protect me from those things from happening in the first place. So I took that as an opportunity to reinvent myself and determine how in the world can I prevent this from ever happening again to me, which I have. Uh, my life and my career uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, I still currently have a day job in healthcare, ironically. Uh, so when I say I save people's lives, um, it's uh, I, I see that day after day. But specifically for me, it's important for people, entrepreneurs, and every walk of life to have proper boundaries in their lives. So they have the life that they want, because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying life as you're going along, uh, you're you're not enjoying life period. And you're not going to be your best at whatever you do, whether you're an entrepreneur, a parent, a child, anything.
1: I think that's such a powerful conversation. And it's, you know, you hear people on both sides of that equation. So, in in kind of the energetic woo woo spiritual spaces, the concept of boundaries takes on a different um, nuance because it you know sometimes the it's it's defined as setting yourself up like protecting yourself in some ways, but but the application of it, how you use it, is is really being clear on and 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 kind of selfish about your time and how you're using it and where you're interacting and. And it, it's so easy in the entrepreneur sector that if we don't really kind of narrow focus and get really clear about that stuff, it does get overwhelming really, really quickly. Because there's a million and one things you can do. I mean, entrepreneurship opens up a world of possibilities for for people, and if you don't know how to navigate that space, it's um, you know, it's kind of navigating the complexity versus the, you know, wistfully thinking that it's ever going to simplify itself. You know, it's like it's like you have to kind of simplify it in your way. Um, so what are some of the things that you do with people or how do you even start this dialogue when they come to you and overwhelm?
0: Well, the first thing I do is I ask them and to get them in the right mindset, have them design their ideal day. You know, what, is your ideal day, not the life you're living right now, but what would make you happy or, uh, and basically what would you like your day to look like? You know, what type of hours are you working? Where do you want to work? What are you working on? Um, what types of things do you like to do in your free time, whatever that is, uh, and, and start looking for cues on things that, are currently missing from their lives. Because as many have said in the entrepreneur world, we've traded our nine to five for a nine to nine, or maybe a nine to 11. And I'm not saying 9am to 11am. It's more like 9am to 11pm, if not later. So we get that. So we start thinking about the positive things. And, And it's okay. Now we have a framework on where we want to start working towards. Because if they just say, I just want my life to be less stressful. Okay, well, I think everyone is in that boat, but there's ways to design things. So ultimately, we do that. That's the first step. Secondly, we, took a, we take a long look at how they spend their time right now. Um, from the interruptions that they have on a given day, and many of us have a ton of interruptions, and I'm not talking about just phone calls or someone coming to your desk. I'm talking about the notifications you're getting on your phone, all of your smartphone apps. They all have a notification icon unless you specifically turn them off. Um, I I find some people's phones, I look at them and I see a sea of red dots throughout all of their apps. Like, okay, we need to change that and let's focus on just a couple apps that you must absolutely have um, so you know what's going on. And then ultimately figure out where their energy levels are throughout the day because too often I think many of us are trying to do things during the day and our energy levels are not matching up with the things that we're working on. So you, we figure out, okay, where does your energy levels match up with the tasks that you're doing? Uh, for me, exam for an example, I I like to work on things early in the morning. So I load up my day, uh, tongue in cheek, of course, uh, with things that I need to work on and I need to get done in the next day or two, uh, most important tasks. I don't pick more than two or three of them. And then in the afternoons, I free up for phone calls, meetings follow-ups, things of that nature, because I know that's how I work. Now I have counterparts that are the exact opposite where they like meeting in the morning and they spend their afternoons doing the deep work and focusing on the things that they need to get done. You can be flexible about that from time to time, especially if you're working on a, a big project with someone, but at the end of the day, you need to figure out how you operate and how you work and what makes sense for you and the hours that you need to work.
1: It's, it's so funny. You talk about the phone and the disruptions and everything else. Like one of my like secrets to success is I never have my ringer on. Like I shut all noises. My phone doesn't make a single sound, um, in, in, in a rare situation. And it's, it's, it's weird, but you know, people are like, how do you do that? Like, how do you know when people call Like, How do you know when you need to do this? And I'm like, I just know, like I, I know to look at it. Like I don't, I just trust myself that if I'm immersed in something else that I don't need to be disrupted. I don't like the jarring effect of the sounds. Um, it, it, you know, and I really started playing with that. And it, it's created so much peace in my existence. And I did exactly what you're talking about. I shut off almost all my notifications, um, you know, and, and got really selfish around it. And that was That was the way that I tackled that productivity piece. So I appreciate what you're talking about. We're going to take a, a real quick break here. But before we do, Michael, where can people go to find out more about you?
0: Uh, they can go to breakfastleadership.com. And to honor all of the listeners, if they go to breakfastleadership.com slash superpower, they can get a free digital copy of my book, 369 Days, How to Survive Your Worst Case Scenarios.
1: Awesome. I love it. Well, we're going to be right back, folks. We're talking with Michael Levitt about being an entrepreneur with boundaries. Stay with us and we're going to unfold some more tips and tricks for you. We'll be right back.
0: your personal power, and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more.
1: Awesome, we're back. We're talking with Michael Levitt today about being an entrepreneur with boundaries. You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast. So Michael, we talked a little bit before the show about you know technology and, and things in ways that it's disruptive. Um, I think that, that that's a common conversation and everybody's kind of got their philosophies about it and everything else. But what about the non-technology aspects? So, you know, what about kids and relationships and people who, you know, have expectations of your time and, and, and how to manage client expectations and juggling different pieces? And, and how do you approach that aspect in, in business?
0: In business and in life, uh, communication is crucial. Um, Have a, I don't want to say a heart-to-heart conversation, but have a just a peaceful conversation with your colleagues, your boss, your loved ones, indicating to them that there's going to be certain times of the day or a week or maybe even a season, depending on the type of work that you're doing, where you need to be able to focus on the things that you need to do get an understanding from them, what they need and when they need it. And then you can balance those things out. Um, if, if you have supportive family and loved ones, it, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, I, I find too, especially in the corporate world, where if I'm working with someone that has been working at the organization for a long time, they're afraid that their boss is going to be completely upset with them because they're changing the way that they approach things and they're changing the way that they do their job. And I always tell them, well, you need to have that conversation before you start rolling out these changes, because you may find that your employer will be ecstatic Uh, that you're doing it because they probably have noticed that you've been approaching burnout, but maybe they weren't really sure on how to approach you about it or even how to uh, change you know, how you're doing things. So communication is crucial. And just you know, talk with them and get their input. Uh, make sure it's not a case where you're going to say, this is the rules and this is when I can't be interrupted. Have it be a little bit more civil than that. Uh, just say, does this time work for you? Because if you figure out that, you know, for example, children, if, if they're asking for things between 7.30 and 8.30 at night, and that's typically when they need you, do your best not to do any work during that time. Then that way you won't have any type of conflict because uh, that's the time that you've allocated to them. Now, if they start asking for things after that or before that, and, and they have an understanding that you're working on something, but you'll get to them momentarily, for the most part, they should be okay with it. Unless they're two, then all all rules are out the door with that.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, well, and, and what, something that you're discussing here is is what we talk about around entering into a conversation with somebody prior to kind of the gearing up like like a lot of people don't want to go into a conversation unless they know exactly what they're going to say and exactly how they want the conversation to go and it's like you know it's one thing to visualize you know an outcome that that is acceptable to you but but you're doing the person you know it's not really fair to the other person you're doing them a disservice if you go into it with this kind of preordained concept of how you want it to go because it sets you up for disappointment because it doesn't allow for the other person's contribution to the dialogue. And sometimes if we go into it with a real open mind, like you're talking about the other person may have suggestions or solutions um, that that you didn't think of. Plus, plus to get their buy-in on it, if it's a boss or even a child or a spouse is, is huge. Like it's, it's powerful when two people are willing to come together and say, Hey, this is what I've identified, how can we make this work? Versus I'm going to do this and da-da-da-da-da, you know, and, and now it, it's a battle. Um, it's so much more easy and free-flowing if you go into it kind of with a curiosity. I know with us, one of the solutions we came up with for Neva, because we all work and, and exist in the same space all the time, is, you know, she wants our attention. She, she can ask in a way that, that says, hey, can, may I have your attention right now? And then we get the opportunity to say, not right this second, give me five minutes to wrap this up, and then I can give you my attention because otherwise it creates frustration because we're trying to get something done and she's trying to talk. And it's um, you know, it, it's just a much more amicable experience. So I have firsthand knowledge of, of the value of kind of getting everyone on the same page.
0: It, it saves so much time and, and grief and anxiety because in that example you just gave – Your daughter knows, okay, you're working on something. She may not have a complete understanding as to what, but you say, you know, not at this moment. And then you say, may I have, you know, 15 minutes or I can go over this with you in a half an hour or an hour. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. And everything works out the same. Same thing in a work situation. I, I found in working with people that, Their bosses were actually thrilled because then they set up a a communication routine, a normal schedule, um, and how they want to be communicated with. And what it does is it creates some, I guess, clarity and and standardization of when your employer will know that you're going to be reaching out to them. So there isn't this rapid fire or drive-by type of situation where you're you're interrupting your boss at this point. Mm-hmm. They know to expect to hear from you, uh, and it, it just actually improves organizational workflow, uh, and it reduces a ton of stress as well.
1: Yeah, I love that, and and we, it, you know, it's quite it, a lot of times you'll be surprised at the outcome. You know, even even talking with with Neva, it's like you know, just getting that conversation going, saying, okay, what works for you? What do you? How do you like your days to go? And then giving her some tools to be able to communicate that back if I really highly recommend that if your kids are old enough to to dialogue with they that you start opening that space up with them one it teaches them amazing kind of negotiation skills as they move into other layers of their life but also, you're you're telling them that they matter. You know that their their opinion matters, and then again, I keep relating it back to what works for for us. But that's true of any situation, like coworkers, bosses, like everybody has this kind of innate need and desire to be heard and be recognized and be involved. And so, you know, honor that, and and think about yourself, like how would you like to be approached with that? I think is also. A really cool way to go about it. So, so let's say somebody's sitting here listening. And they're like, "Okay, that's great. That's all well and good, but I'm in complete overwhelm. Like I'm buried under oceans of whatnot, and I've dug myself this hole. I don't know how to get out." Um, where? How do you work with people like? Where can they start? Like, what's a first step for them?
0: The first step in that aspect is literally writing down everything that they feel that they need to work on, uh, whether if it's home all of the tasks that they have to do in a given day or a week. Uh, if it's work, then literally write down on a piece of paper. Um, and I even say write this down. Don't even type it in. There's something about writing notes that actually connects with the brain. I'm, I'm, I haven't looked into it in great detail, but I know for a fact, for me, I tend to retain things uh, when I actually write them down instead of typing it in a notepad on the computer. So list it all out. And then you look at it and that first is like, wow, this is absolutely insane. And then I asked them to pick three things that they think that they could get off of that list within a day or two. And then I said, okay, that's what you're going to focus on. That's what you're going to work on as much as you possibly can over this next couple of days. And then touch back with them and they have completed those things. It's like, all right, now we're going to repeat that exercise again. And they start doing that. So what they see is they start saying, okay, I am completing things. And one of the key takeaways that I've learned over the past eight years is when you're working on to-do items and you finish them, for some reason, we've lost the ability to celebrate our victories and celebrate our accomplishments. It's a- as if we're just machines, and we're just keeping doing things, and we're not actually taking a moment and reflect on what we've just accomplished. It's a lost opportunity because when you finish a project or any type of endeavor, you should take time to reflect on it and see if there's any lessons there and how you can improve how you do other things, or even just that you know self gratification of. I was able to get through this. That's been on my to-do list for six months. It's done. And actually let that feeling resonate within you. It gives you confidence. It gives you that ability to say, I can take on more now. Um, and But the, the biggest thing with that to-do list is to look at it as well and go, okay, what's on this list that I could delegate or not do? Because there's so many things that we want to do, um, but we we simply just can't do them all. We can't. Um, there's so many things that we can choose to do. The key is to figure out what we should be choosing to do and what we shouldn't be doing.
1: Well, and that's so hard, I think, especially in the entrepreneur space, because you know, most people find themselves in this, like, you know, position of wanting to expand and you know the income revenue or, or whatever the the cash flow situation might be it, it, it is challenging and how to figure out how to expand while honoring where the business is at and continuing to do that kind of two-step tango routine that so many of us do in that space and and I like your approach like it's real practical very grounded like Look, you know, like, like people say, you don't have to eat the whole elephant, like take a bite and take another bite, you know, and the next thing you know, now you've got systems in place and it really does grow you in an amazing, um, amazing way in your cellular confidence in that expansion. Um, So very cool. So let's, before we sign off today, what's, what's one more piece of advice you'd like to offer folks in the boundary space?
0: The key thing is to really get a grasp on what's important to you. You know, why why do you exist what what motivates you why do you do the things you're doing why are the you know the choices you're making are they working for you why aren't they working for you if they're not and get to that space where the level of accomplishment that you feel is really fulfilling your life because if you are in a job or in a situation that's not working for you right now, there's a good chance is because you've been saying yes too often to things and you should have been saying no. And the key is to figure out what those things are. It's not easy, um, but it's something that you can do. I've been able to do it myself. I've helped many people navigate through a variety of different challenges. And when you come out of it, You actually are doing more than you did before and you're actually accomplishing more in less time, which frees you up to go to those concerts, to go out to dinner with friends, to go to those last second sporting events because you already finished that project. You don't have to worry about that deliverable to a client tomorrow because you finished it three or four days ago. So you can go to that sporting event. Those are the things that we live for. I don't think anybody lives to fill out proposals and contracts. We live for experiences. So balance your days and structure them in such a way that match with your energy levels. And um, you'll be amazed at the transformation in your life.
1: Oh, beautiful. Great advice. So let's remind folks again where they can go to find out more about you.
0: They can find me at breakfastleadership.com.
1: I like it. Perfect. And then let, let's tell them again about the free book offer.
0: Yes. Uh, if you go to breakfastleadership.com slash superpower, all one word, uh, you'll get a free copy of my book, 369 Days, How to Survive a Year of Worst Case Scenarios. I
1: love it. Worst case scenarios. Well, perfect. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been a delightful and really practical conversation. I know a lot of you got really great value out of that. So go check out Michael's business, but thank you, Michael. And let us know how we can support you in the future.
0: I definitely will. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Oh, absolutely. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening until next time. Go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone.
0: Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.